Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. You'll remember that uh, Charles Dickens begins his Christmas carol uh, in this way. And then the narrator of the film version, my, my favorite is the 1951 Alistair Sims uh, version of the uh, Christmas carol, if you're watching the movie, but the narrator uh, of the film version intones, if that fact, that is that Marley is dead as a doornail, if that fact is not distinctly understood, then nothing wonderful can come of this story that I'm about to relate. So Dickens gives us what we need to know uh, right up front, right at the very beginning, so that we can understand even better than Scrooge himself uh, what really is going on here. And because we do, we can appreciate just how wonderful are the things that do happen, that do unfold in that uh, ancient story. I want you to think of today's text uh, that Jenny just read for us uh, from Mark's gospel in much the same way. In the opening verses of the gospel, Mark is telling us uh, what we need to know, what we need to understand. Distinctly, he tells us that Jesus is the Son of God so that we can really understand even better than the disciples themselves, even uh, better than, than, than John, that fire-breathing baptizer, uh, what wonderful things are happening, what wonderful things are unfolding in this story, this gospel. Part of the wonder of the story of Jesus is how the ancient message is made new. When the people went streaming into the desert to hear John, uh, it wasn't for the novelty of the message that they went. Uh, they'd heard the words before. They were familiar words. Rather, they went for, for the power of the old words made new, new relevance. John's presence and uh, preaching made the ancient message fresh. And Jesus, of course, is going to go that one better and make the ancient message flesh. The theme of Mark's gospel is clear. God is about to create a new beginning. A person named Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is about to usher in a new era. A person named Jesus Christ going to do that. Mark introduces this character, John, John the baptizer, uh, a, a kind of strange uh, character, uh, if you will, uh, a rough-looking uh, uh, individual. And, and, and Mark introduces this John as the, the messenger who is going before with the message of repentance. To receive Jesus, we must return to the fundamentals of our faith. Few of you are old enough to remember that great football coach, uh, Vince Lombardi, coach of the Green Bay Packers. He was a stickler for fundamentals. Uh, and after an embarrassing loss, uh, an angry Lombardi told his team, gentlemen, I've seen enough. We must start at the beginning. The object I am holding is a football. 
reportedly, Max McGee, the comic of the team, quickly re replied, Coach, don't go so fast. Uh, <laughs> the fundamental message of John the baptizer is the same that the people of ancient Israel had heard for centuries. It becomes more critical now that the Messiah is coming. Mark tells us uh, what John was doing, uh, what he was preaching and proclaiming. He was asking people to turn themselves into God, to confess who they really were, what they'd really done, where they'd really been, where they really lived and repent. And so confession is opening ourselves up, telling God who we are, what we've done, where we've been, the mistakes that we've made, the failures that we're guilty of, the pain that we may have caused others to endure, and releasing and relinquishing all of that to God's grace and God's care. Repentance of which part is, 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 is confession. Uh, it's taking responsibility. Repentance is actually a total transformation. It's a turnaround in our, our, our thinking and the way we think as well as what is important in life to us. What it literally means is to turn around 180 degrees from the old Greek word metanoia, which means to a change of mind. So the message of John the Baptist was turn yourselves in and repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, somehow an old Dennis the Menace cartoon sticks in my, in my mind. Dennis is uh, sitting in a rocking chair in, in the corner sort of a familiar pose for Dennis, if you're familiar with those old Dennis the Menace con uh, um, comics. He's often found sitting in the corner. His mother was obviously angry, and she turns uh, to him and looks at him uh, with a uh, kind of a sneer, and, and uh, Dennis looks back and says, can I leave now? I think I'm as sorry as I'm going to get. Uh, and those Dennis's remorse seems less than sincere. The action, of, the action of turning is what John the Baptist calls people to do. To, repentance means uh, turning away from the past fully, turning around. Now, all that sounds a little bit heavy. Um, uh, repentance is not exactly uh, the favorite theme, I think, that people want to hear about when they come to church, but it's important. It's not exactly a message that you want to put on the front of your Christmas card uh, this year, but there was, something, uh, there was something attractive about John's message. People came from everywhere to hear him in spite of his uh, kind of mountain man appearance. Uh, his, his ministry was effective. Some people may have come to John thinking that he might be the Messiah, but John was very clear with everyone that he was not the Messiah, but rather his messenger. John has come to prepare the people for Jesus 
through the baptism of repentance. Some of you may be uh, fans of uh, Ann Tyler's uh, books. She wrote quite a few of them, The Accidental Tourist. Uh, um, uh, I'm thinking of one entitled Saint Maybe, uh, in which a character, probably the protagonist for the story, Ian Bedlow, uh, feels quite guilty about the deaths of his brother and sister-in-law. And one evening while he was um, brooding over his guilt, he wanders into a storefront church called the Church of the Second Chance. And after a prayer meeting, Ian approaches the pastor uh, with his story, seeking some kind of reassurance. Do you think I'm forgiven? Goodness, no, replied Pastor Emmett. Ian protested, saying that God forgives everything. Uh, he does, says the pastor. Uh, but you just can't say, I'm sorry, God. Why, anybody can do that much. You have to offer reparation, concrete, practical reparation according to the rules of our church. But what if there isn't any reparation? What if it's something nothing will fix? Asked Ian. Well, that's where Jesus comes in. He helps us with what we can't undo, but only after you tried to undo it. When Reverend Emmett suggested that uh, Ian take upon himself to raise his brother's three children, Ian panicked. What kind of cockeyed religion is this? He asked. It's the religion of atonement and complete forgiveness, said Reverend Emmett. And went on to say then, it's the religion of the second chance. Well, given the history of the nation of Israel, Christ's coming was more uh, than just a second chance. Never before had humankind experienced such a radical uh, act of God's presence. The coming of Jesus absolutely uh, was an awesome event, and so John the baptizer is here to prepare us for his coming. It isn't just a story about Jesus uh, leading up to that, 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 the time of his birth. Uh, John is here today, um, present in our scripture, uh, asking us the same question that he asked the people of Judea. Are we ready? For the Christ? What kind of baggage are we carrying that we need to take to the River Jordan so that we can start anew? John the Baptizer calls us to begin anew. And so in three weeks, we, we celebrate the birth of God's Messiah, Jesus Christ. Are we ready? Are we ready, friends, to begin anew, to receive Christ anew? Or do we need to visit uh, John down at the Jordan and rectify the past before we move on? I, I began by uh, reminding you of uh, Dickens' tale of Ebenezer Scrooge, who only lived for himself. You remember his character, um, 
counting his, and hoarding his money, overworking his uh, poor clerk, Bob Cratchit, uh, ignoring the suffering of uh, many of those uh, misfortunate, uh, those around him appearing on the night of Christmas Eve comes this ghost, uh, uh, Marley, his former partner, telling Scrooge to change before he too, uh, he too would be, be uh, chained by the past sins, uh, his past sins forever. And Dickens describes uh, the specter of Jacob Marley in this way. Marley in his pigtail, usual waistcoat, tights and boots, the tassels on the ladder bristling like his pigtail and his coat skirts and the hair upon his head. The chain he drew was clasped about his middle. It was long and um, wound about him like a tail. And it was made, for Scrooge observed it closely, of cash boxes, keys, padlocks, ledgers, deeds, and heavy purses wrought in steel. Are you fettered, said Scrooge, trembling? Tell me why. Listen now to how the ghost of Jacob Marley explains uh, the chain that binds him. I wear the chain I forged in life, replied the ghost. I made it link by link, yard by yard. I girded it on of my own free will, and of my own free will I wore it. Is its pattern strange to you? Scrooge uh, began to tremble more and more. Or would you know, pursued the ghost, the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself. It was full as heavy and as long as this seven Christmas eves ago. You have labored on it since. It's a ponderous chain. Would you know the weight and length of your own chain? How does that question fit uh, uh, into our lives as we prepare for Christ's coming. One of the interesting uh, facts discovered by the Barna Research Group is that according to their surveys, there's hardly a noticeable difference between the values and the lifestyles of those who attend church and that of the secular community. We want the church but we don't want the demands of Christ. We want Christianity, but we don't want the cross. Is it any wonder that our witness becomes weak? What an indictment. In a couple of hours, uh, pro football teams will be squaring off on fields across our country. Hundreds of thousands of fans in the stadiums and who knows how many others who are watching television all of whom should be out there on the field getting some exercise. Um, if you'll consider the enthusiasm, passion, and zeal that's being expressed with every snap of the, of the ball, why is it, why is it, friends, that 60% of the population of the United States, which is considered um, to be evangelical Christian, is not having a greater impact? on our society 
Is it because we've lost our passion? Have we allowed the candle to be smothered by a lot of the trappings of this world? Is our chain long? Uh, Advent uh, reminds us that change is needed. We need to confess even the small areas of our life. Jesus, I want to be more like you, but I've got to get rid of some stuff first. Some old hatreds, old prejudices, grudges, that alienating impatience and anger, that unwillingness to extend grace to others, the lack of generosity, lack of compassion for those who are different from us, for the poor, the hungry, the homeless, the sick, the immigrant, the disadvantaged, the addicted, lack of grace for those who, who find themselves on the wrong road, struggling to make life work, having a shortage of life skills and trying to find their way home, the prodigal. You know, all the people for whom Jesus rolled out the red carpet, all those people. And friends, we can do it. We can do it. We need to open ourselves up afresh this Advent season to the fire and the passion of the Holy Spirit so that we can truly be the light that Jesus has called us to be for his glory. You'll remember how the story ends. Scrooge repents. His life takes on a completely new and and joyful uh, direction. Uh, There's a spring in his step. Dickens concludes saying, it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. If any man alive possessed the knowledge May that be truly said of us and all of us. God bless us, everyone. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, uh, make this time a, a moment of new beginning or new commitment for all of us. We open our hearts to you. Set our feet on the same road that Jesus traveled. It won't be easy, but we know Jesus will be there to pick us up and encourage us to go again. We want this season, this Advent season, to be all about him and a renewed willingness on our part to follow. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.